Hi, I'm Scott. Hi, I'm Casey, and this is Frequent Flighters, a podcast curated by two people with a passion for local beer, wine, and other extracurriculars who tour all the tasting scene has to offer, ordering flights from independent brewers, winemakers, or whatevers throughout greater San Diego, an epicenter for craft beverage culture. There's an eclectic block of craft beverage makers alongside a bevy of local food vendors situated in the heart of San Diego's Miramar district, all with their own tasting rooms, allowing lushes like us to go door to door sampling almost any style of fermented flight you can think of. In this episode, we found ourselves broadening our horizons at Setting Sun Saki in the Miralani Makers District. So how did we find ourselves at a craft sake spot? Well, um, I was actually kind of wanting to get familiar with this little hub of fun food and craft beverage folks called the Miralani Makers District. We don't go out this way too often. but They call um, it Biramar, but it's Miramar. Oh, Biramar. Good idea. Yeah. Well, anyway, yeah, I knew there was a craft sake outfit out there. I know there's a couple breweries in the same little plaza, if you will. There's also some food people. There's food trucks that are normally there alongside of these great craft beverage creators. Yeah, it's a cool little place to go visit it's kind of like one of those business park kind of settings but hey that's where people can get the space to do these kind of great craft beverage outfits so you got to go to them sometimes into these interesting neighborhoods that are not quite neighborhoody they're more like uh commercial the fact that people make craft sake locally in san diego was something that was new to me i didn't put much thought into it but when you think about going tasting beer wine and then even cider meaderies they're all in the miralani makers district as well and so literally anything you could possibly want to get your hands on at any given time. It's but there. all of those things that you would expect at a place like that, right? They want to have craft beverage makers, producers. Yes. They want to have local food people. Mm-hmm. They want to have food trucks, as you mentioned. Right. But the one place that I didn't expect would be a local sake spot. It just seems like that's Japanese culture. <laughs> that's Japan's territory to yeah. do that. Well, hey, yeah, there are some craft sake producers in the United States. I certainly did not know we had one down the road so really exciting where you can get an unpasteurized sake product which is something you can't get outside of being in Japan or at some other sake creator in the United States. That's correct. When you get imports of that sake they pasteurize it. It always has it's to be pasteurized. Law. It has right. to be done. But this unpasteurized sake is like way more lively. It's a whole nother animal really. It's pretty fun. We had a flight of eight. Of and... all sorts of sakis, sake hybrids, sake beers. They take sake and make it fun and they also make really great traditional styles as well. Exactly. Which brings us to our first tasting, which was the Ronin Clear, the, Ronin the Clear. 14% alcohol. This one was brewed using only rice, yeast, water, and koji. So there are no other additives. This is your traditional sake. It's considered premium sake as the rice has been polished to at least 60% and is brewed using the special yeast fermentation technique. And also it's unique in the fact that it's unpasteurized, like we just mentioned, whereas most sake is pasteurized twice. Once after brewing and again before shipping from Japan. When you see it, it's colorless, completely clear, except for these tiny, nearly microscopic rice particles. I don't know if you noticed that, that they were floating around a bit. I'm looking Uh, at them right now. Yeah, when swirling the glass a little bit, it's not apparent right away. I'm not mad at these floaties though. No, not at all. Funny enough for me, the aroma though uh, was grainy. I almost got like this popcorn smell. The mouthfeel was smooth. It was silky. Uh, The flavor, it was vegetal, but I got... 
very interesting bit of lemongrass, which I like, and it had a rather salty finish. As far as traditional sake is concerned, this is the best sake I've had in a long time. It's totally you know, agree. fresh. Yeah. And we actually met the brewer. I found it to pack like a bit of a fruitiness on the beginning of the flavor profile on my palate. Just kind of got like a pleasant green apple tang, some umami notes, like maybe some like mushroomy sort of flavors. And um, it has a really beautiful lingering finish. You kind of get a bit of a salinity on the finish, like you mentioned. And it has a really lively mouthfeel. It's a lot more nuance of mouthfeel and flavor than your average $10 bottle of sake that you get at the Asian grocery store or wherever you get your sake from. Just your basic B sake. But this is so much more nuanced, such so much more flavorful. As we said, it's unpasteurized. So literally, there's some actual bacterial compounds in your beverage to your benefit, I think. And um, it's just really fun and a good time. I love this. It's really delicious. Yeah. And because it's served cold, it's nice and refreshing mm-hmm, on a warm mm-hmm, summer day mm-hmm. in San Diego. Agreed. Definitely yes, a different... It is certainly a warm summer day. Something different to drink every right. once in a while. Right. You know, it's crazy though how fast you want sushi as soon as you the start comp- drinking The flavors it. really complement freshness. So that would be like fresh, crunchy vegetables in a sushi. Some clean rice on the palate as well. Would it just yeah? Our brains are just sushi. wired to put the two together. I suppose so. But there's nothing wrong with that. No, certainly not. The next one that we tried was the PHG. And this was pomegranate, hibiscus, and green tea sake. Yes. A lot lower in alcohol. This one was actually only 8%. Eight. Very pink, uh, rosé color. The aroma, I got a floral rose petal. Uh, the mouthfeel, again, very smooth. The flavor, though, on this one was a bit sweet. I got some nice tropical fruit flavors and a balance of tartness from the pomegranate on the finish. I thought it was good. What did you think? I agreed. I thought it had a really nice flavor. They called it a session sake, so that's why it's lower in alcohol and, yeah, more drinkable, more sippable, if you will, or gulpable. I'm not sure if you maybe want to gulp it because it is so pleasant and sweet. It kind of tasted like a melted popsicle to me. That's why I wanted to put it on ice and sip it poolside, and it had nice flavors. I kind of enjoyed the green tea, like, sort of herbalness and acidity, and, yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I'm not surprised that it exists because every brewer is very tempted to include other fruit elements into their brew but you never really see it that type of sake on the menu well you see maybe i've seen a plum sake before I think I've seen maybe like a mango sake before. Like not really. No, nothing. It's definitely nothing not like common. This. Like these flavor additions are not common. No, that's why they're being playful and fun and giving us a really interesting offering. And yeah, it's kind of like a lower alcohol wine, if you will. So the third one we tried was actually back to a more traditional style sake that you would think of, the Ronin Cloudy. That means it's coarsely filtered sake. The appearance is very cloudy, white, with small bits of rice floating around. I love uh, the texture But of that. much bigger yeah. than the Ronin Clear, definitely, actually. Definitely. Um, 14% again. The aroma for me was straight nail polish, like acetone. The mouthfeel, not thick or chunky like some other coarsely filtered sakes. It was very smooth very creamy flavor super creamy it was very lactic for me and milky which again is not a surprise for a cloudy sake but it did have a metallic finish which i found interesting what did you think of this one i really like this one a lot on the outset i got incredibly beautiful cherry blossom aromas so that's totally different and interesting on the palate i got some slightly more citrusy and yet pleasantly medicinal flavors i liked that i love the texture of the coarsely filtered nigori sake here it had 
had a really, again, a nice pleasant salinity on the finish that I enjoyed and a beautifully pleasant texture and mouthfeel. Just like a weightiness and heft in my mouth as I was like letting it go over my palate, over my whole tongue. And I, it was lovely. It was a really lovely experience to just sample it and sip it. It's a great sipping sake. The next one that we tried was Treaty of Friendship, a Goza-style sake ale brewed yes. with smoked peaches and koji in collaboration with McKellar Brewing. We love really McKellar cool. yeah. uh, in San Diego. And it was brewed back in 2019, 14.8%. This is such a fun product. Uh, yeah, basically a sake beer hybrid. The appearance on this one was very fun. It had a light burnt orange hue. The aroma, I got Mexican candy all the way like this tamarind fruit the mouthfeel it had a sweet sour balance which i really enjoyed and again the flavor was still just like the aroma tamarind fruit all the way the finish had a very complex like smoky bourbon it's probably from something from the char from the barrel maybe i'm thinking and it had a, a nice juicy peach finish i really liked this one what did you think this was really unique and really tasty upon tasting it the first thing i thought of was a peach ring dipped in mezcal so i totally got the smokiness i got the peach obviously that you would expect in tasting it i definitely got some apricot flavors as well which were also really pleasant flavors to experience it was thicker than your typical goza or a typical beer like this so obviously the sake nature of it added to that so it really coated your tongue it was just delicious a food pairing for this that i thought of was tempura or a spicy sushi with jalapeno on the top or some sort of yummy spicy sauce anything coming in collab collaboration with McKellar is extremely impressive. It's probably a good time. They're top right. notch. I was impressed just the fact that they had a collaboration with them alone. That was exciting. We went back a second time and it was already gone. It was out. I think there may still exist some of this beer in the world, this beer sake hybrid, but yeah, we might have to go to McKellar for that possibly. Twist my arm. I know, right? So the next one we tried was the Cab 2020, brewed and aged in a Cabernet barrel, 12% alcohol. The appearance was clear a funny light yellow green tinge another one with that acetone aroma for me i guess my nose wasn't very good that day that's all i was getting but the mouthfeel it had a smooth effervescence to it which i liked a lot they all had an effervescence but this one more so than the others a bit sweet fruity red grapes from the wine and oak and spice from the barrel aging on the finish what did you think of this one i thought this was a really unique product again i was really just impressed with just some of the innovations that was going into a lot of these products. It totally tasted like a wine to me and I really liked it. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was very pleasantly fruity. It was super smooth drinking. It reminded me of like a really light port or something. Like if you've had a white port before, that's sort of what it reminded me of. I was also there for this one. Yeah, it was really delicious. All right. So the next one we tried was the Passage to Arcadia. This one was actually co-fermented with cider and gin botanicals, 10% alcohol. It was light, clear, yellow, small bubbles. Mm -hmm. The aroma it had a very nice apple cider vinegar smell to it. The mouthfeel, smooth, sweet, slightly tart. It had nice red apple notes and a very crisp, fresh, dry English pub style cider finish. I really like this one. Yeah, I like this one a lot too. The brewer 
member, Josh, spoke to us briefly about this one. He kind of said that he can, thinks it drinks sort of like a Sauvignon Blanc. So I would mention that to you guys if that's something that interests you or that description catches your attention. I considered it off dry, so definitely sweeter than a Sauv Blanc, but a pleasant yeastiness. It had some beautiful ginger notes, a bit of pepperiness, a light juicy mouthfeel, effervescence like you mentioned. You mentioned the gin botanicals. I totally picked up at least juniper and lavender there, which I really love. If you've ever had such a thing, it reminded me of a shrub or a drinking vinegar. It's a really tasty beverage if you've never had such a thing. It's kind of an old-fashioned thing, but sort of not really a kombucha, like lighter than a kombucha. Super refreshing, great acidity. Yeah, I loved it. The next one we tried was the Sake of Descreation. Uh, port barrel-aged sake brewed with berries, blood orange, and cherries, 12%. Uh, it had a hazy, light pink hue to it and chunky rice particles again. They looked more like coconut bits in this one, I noted. It had a mm -hmm. nice fruity red berry aroma. The mouthfeel, very light-bodied, tart, and the flavor was blood orange all the way, but I did get that nice black cherry on the finish. Yeah, I liked how tart this one was, and the color was so beautiful. It was really punk rock. That's what thought came to mind for me when I was looking at it, I was tasting it, I enjoyed it. And Josh, the brewer, again, called it their version of coloring outside the lines. That is the flavor note he mentioned when he was speaking with us, so I thought I'd share that one with you guys. I thought it had notes of strawberry, citrus, and tart cranberry and cherry notes. It was really yummy. The brewmaster was really nice. Mm -hmm. He gave us an extra pour, which was the Post Malone. Oh, yes. And it was a, a sour watermelon sake. It was a bit hazy, light yellow green tinge again. I got like a fatty aged cheese aroma, which I wasn't mad at. Oh, okay. The mouthfeel was like most of them, smooth, silky, sweet. Definitely a huge rush of watermelon on the palate, but it did have a nice puckery lime finish. By the way, when since you just mentioned a cheese aroma, this would be great with like a creamy, funky, blue streak cheese. Just saying, pairing note. Yeah, that just made me hungry. My mouth water a bit for that. Okay, anywho. Yeah, I really like this post melone. It was melone, guys, like M-E-L-O-N-E -E because it's made with melone. Get it, guys? Okay, cool. So I just wanted to share that. Love when people play with words. Yeah, this tasted like a boozy watermelon limeade to me, but a watermelon product where they put the rind in too, so it's just a little bit more green tasting, a little bit more vegetal. It was really tasty. And yeah, both sweet and tart. Perfect summer sipper. Yeah, yummy. Yeah, this whole area was perfect for summer. It's obviously a little warm out there, but there's a sushi spot next door. There's a pizza food truck out front. Every there's, place has outdoor seating so yeah. you can, you know, enjoy the sun. Right. A brewery, a cidery. Two breweries. A meadery. You can grab some coffee beforehand. A bag of locally roasted coffee to go home with. Yeah, there's so many cool places over there to support these are local artisans creating yummy things for you and i let's give them a shout out and a hand yeah you could hang out there all day that's for sure, for sure. Mm -hmm. so what did we go home with well, we did go home with a bottle of the Ronin Clear, and we liked it so much, we went back and got another bottle of the Ronin Clear. Yeah, it was very intimate. The brewmaster was there speaking to everyone, giving you the tasting notes. They're obviously small, independent, someone to root for in San Diego, and I hope to see more of them at festivals and other events. There's also a lovely lady who's a sake sommelier on site, so she can also explain many different things to you about the brewing process, the product, the traditional product 
product, the funky cool products they make and why they do that. She makes insane sake cocktails there too that are just stunning and beautiful with edible flowers on top. They're a work of art. So yeah, you have a lot of delicious options when you go over to Setting Sun and yeah. the Miralani Makers District overall, frankly. Yeah, and they even had uh, seltzers to go and, yes, and like they did. sake style ginger beer, which looked fun. Well, that was the final pour for this episode of the Frequent Flyers podcast. Thanks for listening. And we hope we made you thirsty for another in the near future. Until next time, have a safe flight. Have a safe flight.